All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Marvelites, welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 323, or episode 1AB, after Ben. I'm Ryan Pagos, a.k.a. <laughs> Marvel's Agent M, uh, joined by... Assistant Editor Tucker Marcus. And joined by... Assistant Manager of Social Media, Alex Lopez. Look at you with that title. And we've got <laughs> evil producer Brandon on the Wheels of Steel, who is listening in and making notes on our document. Uh, we are recording this in the midst of hashtag bomb cyclone, Snowmageddon 2018. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, I wish we... Brandon, we need <laughs> drops like that. I need to be able to press a button and we get that wah, wah, wah sound. Uh, that's going to be a, a need for This Week in Marvel 2018. Uh, but it is snowing like crazy out here. And we are recording in four separate locations together. Uh, I'm in Manhattan. Tucker, you're in where? I'm in Brooklyn. Alex, where are you? I'm in Jersey City. Nice. And Brandon is, he braved it. And he is in, uh, at Marvel headquarters in New York City with a couple of other brave souls. But we're going to try and get through this recording quick so he can get home because it's just going to get worse as the day goes on. Uh, reminder if you guys have any questions, comments, thoughts about the show, you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. You can also use the hashtag this weekend Marvel on Twitter. What'd y'all do for New Year's Day and New Year's Eve and stuff? Anything fun? I had a, a pretty – it was a very tame New Year's, uh, just kind of like a quiet night in. We played some board games, and I know we'll touch on that a little bit later. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, same here, actually. Played a bunch of card games, stayed in with a couple of friends. Uh, and then New Year's Day, I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it would probably make a for a better – podcast if we were like oh new year's uh where do i begin with the partying and the craziness but well i guess not yeah not to be this is us <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, on, on new year's eve uh my wife and i had delicious steaks i think and then uh watched some dragon ball and went to sleep uh, around 11 <laughs> and we were watching i think we were watching uh we were watching a movie i can't remember what movie it was but we were watching a movie and it was like ending and i was like oh it's midnight i guess the ball dropped and so <laughs> <laughs> i flipped over the tv channel and, and saw the like, new york city singing i was like hmm, i'm warm in bed this is much better and then oh yeah New Year's Day, we had a we had a fun time here. I, we have a little tradition in our house where we invite some friends and family over to uh, welcome in the new year with some uh, foods. Like there's some traditions that my wife has being from the southern states, uh, some traditions of food mm. bringing in luck and wealth and happiness. And so we had we had friends over. Uh, I put on a bunch of Godzilla movies. We drank and ate and played a, a game called The Thing: Infection at Outpost Thirty One, which is a super fun board game. Uh, and, and Tucker, you seem real interested in that one. Oh yeah! Every August for maybe the last ten years of my life, I've ventured to a thing called the World Board Gaming Championships. And it's exactly as nerdy as you would expect. It's just like a hotel full of people playing World War II strategy games that take <laughs> six days to play. Um, uh, it uh, It is one of my favorite annual traditions. And uh, this game, you were speaking about a little bit before, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's um it took a lot of figuring out at first. We had to watch a YouTube video on the TV to t that was like a uh this is how you play this game, which was in itself a 9-minute video and by the end we were still like okay. Uh but by the end and we we put on the movie while we were playing the game, which was really fun. 
And it was great. It, it's a lot of fun. By the end, we fully got it. And I think we're going to do a lot more board gaming with our, our friends and family. And I think um, for at Marvel, we want to try and do some more board game stuff. Yeah, so I think that'll be fun that we see we play a little bit more with uh, in 2018. So stay tuned for that stuff if you're into that. And if you have any suggestions for board games for myself, Tucker, Alex, uh, for us, you know, shoot them our way. Hashtag This Week in Marvel. Always interested in finding out more. Uh, we are in the works of finding a new permanent Ben. Uh, I, I hate calling, you know, a new Ben because no <laughs> one will be Ben, but also no one wants to be put as, uh, a, as a new version of anyone else. But we'll have a new co-host for This Week in Marvel as well as a new editor uh, trying to, you know, corral Tucker uh, as, as much as anyone can. Um, Alex can attest to the fact that since Ben has left, it's it's only been a couple of weeks, uh, but it, that is a much needed position. Yes. Um, they need a lasso. <laughs> he um, needs to be tamed. Duct tape. It's going to be a tough one, but we have some candidates and some people we're going to start to interview. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll have someone within the next month or so and, and roll on from there. Uh, finally, last thing I have hooked, I hope I've hooked Alex on a, the Dragon Ball game that I've been playing on mobile. I've talked about on the show a couple times. Alex, did you start playing it? Oh yeah. I was up <laughs> very late last night <laughs> just trying to get like the whole like feel of the game and the way around. I have about, I'm like logging in now to see, but I'm pretty sure I have about 10 to 15 characters now. <laughs> and th- that was just like three hours of gameplay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that puzzle role playing Pokemonish collectible type thing. It's so fun. Uh, you know what's also fun, guys? It's new comics, and we have a we actually have a smaller group of new comics to talk about this week uh, on the show. We're going to get to the new comics out, the print, what we have digitally, collections, single issues, uh, and what's been added to Marvel Unlimited. And I think we're going to dive in to this week's new comics starting. With Alex, what's your first pick? Yeah, my first pick is Astonishing X-Men number 7, written by Charles Soule, art by Phil Noto, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, this, I really like this book, and I was saying it before we started the show, just because how creepy X comes off through the whole thing. He's just way too calm about everything, and there's something so eerie about it. He starts off just giving people gifts as he calls them <laughs> it's so messed up. it's so weird like i just want to know why he's calling these I, obviously there's something behind all of it and something's probably going to happen but starts off with uh warren he basically gives him the gift of freeing up his mind to have the archangel powers but not the anger then he well, goes before you but, sorry Alex, but before you dig any further um we're gonna get a little we should get a little spoilery because uh the last issue was a big reveal of who x was yeah so x is um, charles xavier and but yes. like 30 ish years younger mm. <laughs> ambiguously charles was something like 60 50 60 70 80 70 right. 60 50 80 <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, so yeah, so he, yeah, he he was in he is in Phantom X's body, and he's uh, he's young and buff and ready to roll. Yeah, and he seems I, I want to say overpowered, but he seems like he's really tapping into everything now, like not holding back. Like Charles used to, you know, jump in every once in a while to help with the big stuff and help the X Men out, but he's just letting loose. He's like, I'm gonna rid the world of their problems, and he's going in giving these gifts. He the next after. Angel, he goes to com- the Commander Keen and all the, like the Human Ministry Defense, and takes care of that. It's so strange, and then they don't believe him. So Psylocke actually goes into the astral plane to talk to Phantom X, and I don't know. Like I, you guys, give me your opinions, but I don't know if Phantom X actually chose this or not. Well, there's <laughs> a really there's a good line in there where Phantom X is like, I'm not sure if I made this decision. But it's the right decision. It's the decision I should make. So it's. I love what Charles does there. Is he? He says he leaves it open that maybe Phantom X chose this. Maybe he was manipulated. But too bad. Yeah. So sad. Either this way, is the it was reality. the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That part was actually very deep between him and Betsy. Um, and then like the flower, and he was like, maybe I'll do some good here. And he was like, come visit me sometime. And it was, it was really <laughs> sentimental. <laughs> 
But uh, I mean, he's stuck there now. It's, it's very sad. Um, and then, but you finally get to the meat of the issue towards the end when Bishop starts like going through his computer. He's like, "What's happening?" Search the database, the, like the future database for like this event, and something happens at the end. There's a return of a villain and i mean i want to see what happens because i'm not sure if x is good or not to be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the the bishop thing was such a cool touch Uh, i was i racked my brain a little bit and tried to do some research about because bishop mentions he's like i'm gonna check my end time database uh because he's you know he's a time traveler and all this stuff that is something I don't remember ever seeing, and it's one of the coolest touches for Bishop as someone who has this like this database of the ways the world could end, the way the reality could end. And I'm like, that is the like that right there could spark a whole series. And I I got super into that. Charles is such a a, a smart you know madman with like those kind of little details. I hope we get to see more of that because I think that's a whole avenue for Bishop we haven't seen before. Definitely. I mean, be able to see the future. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned the yeah, you mentioned the the final page, the return. We're not going to spoil who it is, but it's a character who is absolutely terrifying yeah, for just, the X Men. Just menacing. Oh, it's it's. I'm very excited for for what's next for that one. I want to shout out in this issue really quick. There, early on in the book, there like the British military, I think, is trying to deliver. Uh, it's trying to bomb this one section of London that has been taken over by this this strange kind of zombie-ish disease. And there is a there's a great uh, cl- classic Charles Soule uh, Star Wars reference that he makes in there. As the pilot is kind of going into to drop the bomb, he there's like three lines that are that for to me are clear calls. Shouts out to to Red Leader at the end of star wars when he says he says on this page just need a few more seconds and then he gets close he says almost there and we get that reference there and then when he finally drops a bomb he says payload away which in star wars he says it's away uh but uh i i just wanted to to mention that oh man i love you charles soul thank you so much for doing that um, I will say, Tucker, the way we're recording with whatever microphone you're using and is going over Skype and all this stuff, you sounded more like a Dalek than <laughs> uh, any sort of Star Wars character, yes. which I'm, I'm fully on board for. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of people, aliens <laughs> from not Earth. Uh... <laughs> that was the worst segue. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um uh, my first pick is Black Bolt number nine, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Christian Ward, letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, it's a great book and a great issue to start the new year off on. Uh, this book was on so many top 10 lists for 2017, and that was so great to see. Uh, it's uh, just in these few issues that he's done so far, Saladin has done some really, really incredible stuff. Uh, and we start with Black Bull and Blinky, who have to deliver some bad news to Titania about her husband, Crusher Creel, aka the Absorbing Man, um, who um, rest in rest in peace. Uh, Mr. Creel, uh, has died. Uh, she is not happy with the news, uh, after being pretty angry and, and kicking a little butt, uh, she, uh, kind of breaks down and it's, it's, there's some really, really powerful emotion, emotional moments throughout this, throughout this whole issue, as we've come to expect black bolt blinky, uh, lockjaw and Titania end up going to this cemetery where what? Uh, Steve Rogers shows up uh, and, uh, you know, having faced off against Crusher Creel many times uh, throughout uh, history, uh, Cap has some some pretty complex feelings about it. But knowing how Crusher, Crusher Creel went out, um, you know, choosing to save Blinky's life, choosing to save uh, so many people's lives, uh, he delivers a really, really beautiful eulogy. Then the Odinson shows up. Uh, people are ready to throw down with him. And then again, he says, no, 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 I'm just here to pay my respects. And then uh, as we get towards the end, I don't want to say who shows up because uh, it happens the last couple of pages. But 
one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, inhuman uh, nemeses pops into the graveyard and things go down. There is uh, a teleportation away. Um, uh, Blinky's, the fate of Blinky is, is up in the air. Uh, and uh, Blackagar Boltagon is left grasping for air, uh, uh, not sure what to do. Uh, really emotional, fun uh, issue starting 2018 off perfectly in Black Bolt. Yeah, it, it, you know, I mean, the, it sort of uh, it hits everything that Saladin and Christian have been doing each issue. It's beautiful, it's sad, it's funny. It's gorgeous. It hits on love and loss, friendship and, and humor. And it's, God, I love this book so much. And a major shout out to Christian Ward on one of my favorite covers in oh, recent yeah. memory, like the first week of the year. And we have a contender for the, the best cover of 2018 already. Completely. It's so good. All right. My first pick is Guardians of the Galaxy number 150. Uh, it's got a swanky lenticular cover, which I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> I can yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like uh, a small I'm... man rounding in corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is great lenticular cover. Fun part, fun fact, the back cover is also lenticular, and that's a cover. Marvel 2-in-1. Yeah, it's an ad for Marvel 2-in-1. It's so great. Uh, but right on the cover, they're like, this is the return of Warlock. And that makes me super happy. I'm a huge Warlock mark. I'm going to do a little quick thing. If you don't know who Adam Warlock is and you are excited about this book or you're excited about the potential for Adam Warlock in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as has been hinted at by uh, James Gunn, then here's a – I. this was a Herculean task to try to – distill Adam Warlock into a short explanation. I'm going to do my best right now. He was uh, created, he's an artificial being that was created by some eggheads uh, way back when. He tried, he broke out, he tried to mate with Sif. He got his ass kicked uh, by Thor, went into a cocoon, woke up, was called Warlock uh, and brought out of his cocoon by High Evolutionary. He then went to Counter-Earth, Counter-Earth, which we've seen recently in Avengers and the Champions crossover. Uh, he went and he became a superhero on Counter Earth. There was this whole crazy thing with uh, his one of his arch nemeses, the Man Beast, on Counter Earth. Uh, it's bonkers story stuff. Jim Starlin, really really cool stuff back in the seventies. Uh, lots of cosmic battles. He fought Thanos. He fought himself. He was in the Soul World, which is in the Soul Gem for numerous years. I skip a ton of stuff, but he came back out in the 90s when Thanos got the Infinity Gauntlet. He came out to battle Thanos once again. Uh, he obviously got the Infinity Gauntlet at the end of that series. Um, he purged both like the good and the bad sides of him at, when he got the Gauntlet. So that, in effect, created the Magus or as Ben would say, the Magus, uh, and he <laughs> created the goddess, so the evil and the good sides of him. The, Mag the Magus was also a future evil version of him that he fought earlier in his career. Again, this is crazy pants, and I love it. Uh, he formed the Infinity Watch, so he took each of the six gems, gave them to one of his closest friends. There was a mystery sixth member, which turned out to be Thanos, and everybody was like, oh my goodness! Uh, uh, like, I think Pip kept one of the gems between his toes. Drax, I think, was very dim-witted at that time, and he ate his gem, if I remember correctly. Um, there's all kinds of craziness. Uh, the Infinity Watch lived on Monster Island with Mole Man, and they did all this stuff. Then uh, the Magus came, you know, showed himself. He created all these weird doppelgangers. He got an Infinity Gauntlet. There was two Thanoses. There was all this weird stuff. Boom, boom, boom. They beat him. Uh, another That was the Infinity War story. Then the Infinity uh, Crusade story was when the goddess showed up. She wanted to purge evil and ended up being a villain in herself, uh, fighting against all the, the good in the universe. It was crazy. There's a bunch more Infinity stories by Jim Starlin and many collaborators that go on and on and tell tons of stories of Warlock and a little bit of Warlock, but mostly Thanos um, in the regular, con you know, continuity he was reborn during annihilation conquest joined the guardians of the galaxy he ended up getting turned into the magus again he was killed by the cancerverse version of captain marvell uh 
that's kind of where he was left. That was a couple years ago. That is the most condensed, quickest version of Adam Warlock's history that I could do. Yeah, that, it's wow. still that was very impressive. Thank you. It's still so <laughs> much. I, 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 like. There's so many cool things. Uh, I highly suggest you go back. You can read, you know, um, the Infinity Gauntlet saga and all those stories. I would read, you know, Captain Marvel and all the '70s Adam Warlock things. I think we did a Twim URC many, many uh, months ago. Could have been a year or two ago on the first Adam Warlock story. And it's, it's really cool. I highly suggest it. Jim Starlin at his, uh, Starlin and it was really good. Anyway, back to this issue, which opens up with, um, Adam Warlock returning. And this, this issue is written by Jerry Duggan art by Aaron Cooter, uh, with colors by Ian Herring and also art by Marcus toe with colors by Ian Herring. But we open up with this, uh, page of Adam Warlock saying it's time. And the reason why I wanted to get into Adam Warlock's history is because one of the first images you see in this book is Adam Warlock and you see him in his like superhero garb, his cosmic god garb, the goddess, the magus, as he was when he was officially first shown up. And so if you have questions, hopefully I give you a little perspective on that. But we see Aaron Cooter also designed a brand new costume for Adam Warlock in this. And I can't wait to see that cosplay. It's got tons of pouches. I love pouches. He's got <laughs> knee pads. He's got a cool cape. He's got a cool haircut. Like, I want to cosplay as this Adam Warlock. He looks really cool. Um, but Adam Warlock is in Soul World. And it's he's like, all right, it's time for me to come out. Uh, there's There's stuff to do. Uh, so that we get this cool little interlude with Adam Warlock. He's waking up. He figures out it's time. He's got to get back to reality. But in reality, we've got the Novas versus the uh, Talons, the Raptors, I should say, uh, the you know evil dark hockey characters. There are uh, people in the Nova Corps who have been trying to uh, infiltrate, and they've done a good job, but. Rocket Raccoon, Agent uh, or Nova Corsman Scott Adsit have figured it out. And there's this great big space battle. Rocket uh, flying around in space, shooting uh, these ships out of the air, being really excited to have all these powers. There's awesome Giant Man slash Ant-Man action in here. He Scott gets a really cool bunch of hero moments in here. Uh, it's really funny. He gets to uh, – there's one moment where he says, I'm going to ride the lightning. He gets so small, he rides the like a beam of light and shows up on the raptor's ship, beats the crap out of him, grows so huge, he breaks open their ship, and then he passes out. It's <laughs> it's great. Uh, Jerry does that great moment, great bit of a thing that he does with mixing the action with the humor in, in really great ways. Um yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. This is sort of a this is definitely an ending. This is the final issue of this Guardians of the Galaxy run. So with the battle over, we sort of see where the characters land. Uh, Drax has some things going on. Uh, Star Lord has a mission that he wants to to happen. One of the Guardians quits. Uh, the Power Stone is now something that we've seen uh, in previous issues. They need someone to protect it. Maybe someone from the Guardians can be involved in that. But this is really setting up the um, Infinity Countdown stuff. That's going to be starting in about a month with Adam Warlock coming back, with the Guardians going in in various different ways. There's a final page, uh, final two pages of this involves Adam Warlock again, coming back to our reality and a character I was not expecting at all to be involved in this. But we've got um, some really, really cool stuff coming up. Uh, Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock comes out in about a month at the beginning of February. A couple weeks after that, we've got Infinity Countdown Prime, um, which, you know, figures out, like, who has the Infinity Stones. And then Infinity Countdown uh, proper starts just in March. And um, that's really where this all this has all been leading to. It's a big, huge story that Jerry and Aaron and, and their collaborators uh, have been building to for a little while. I loved this book. I thought Jerry did such a cool thing, um, putting all these pieces together and playing with the Guardians in really fun ways. And this was a fantastic ending to it. Yeah, what a possible team up that that the last few pages shows. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Up next, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher the writer's name on this. And if you guys know and heard me on on past episodes, I always butcher creators' names. So (laughs) here we go. Uh, We got Rise of the Black Panther number one, written by Evan Narciss. And cons- Narcisse? Narcisse. See? There you it goes, so guys. You're so close. <laughs> so close. Okay. I'm almost there. Just, you know, a hair strand away. Um, and Tanahasi Coates is a consultant on the book, artist by Paul Renaud, and colors by Stefan Petru. Uh, just, just going with that one. And <laughs> <laughs> this, I love this story. I mean, it's kind of like X Men Grand Design but Black Panther, um, but there's so much to it. So he starts off with just basically the legend of Black Panther. You get a little recap page uh, telling you what like the Black Panther is, the mantle, hand down, you know, lineage, you know, spiritual political leadership, handed down for generations. And then you jump into T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, and you get to see the first meeting of him and Captain America. You get to see how he meets T'Challa's uh, mom, you get some Baron von Strucker and some Hydra moments. It's so jam packed, but it's so great because it doesn't like stray away from anything. You get all the meat, you get all the potatoes. It is an awesome issue. Um, you get some White Wolf action. That's a nice callback. You know, it's some classic Black Panther stories. Uh, you get to see the Ulysses Claw moment. You see T'Challa becoming a man and. I want to go so I can go into this book so long <laughs> because there's so much that happens, but I don't want to make this like a two hour podcast. So <laughs> um, I this, this, I love it. I can't wait for the next issue. It, there's so much more to happen. Yeah. Um. A shout out to Evan. Um. Evan is. I've known him a, a couple years. He's a friend of mine. Uh. He's a great writer about. Uh, video games and comics and pop culture uh and he sent me a, a note like sometime last year he's like dude i'm doing it i'm finally doing it and we've been you know talking and excited and i sent him uh, a note how great this issue was it's his first comic i mean it, it's a huge thing uh and to get to work you know with tanahasi and the, the great art team he just he crushed it i'm just so happy and proud of him um the my favorite part of this book is the love story between T'Chaka and Niami. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. I want like that to me is a movie in and of itself. Their, their love, the rise of T'Chaka as uh black Panther, the stuff that happens with, with, you know, the, the people who trying to, you know, claim the throne and all that fun stuff. I, I don't know how much of that we'll get in the the movie. It's more, the, the movie is going to be more about T'Challa. So if you are excited about, who the Black Panther is. This is a must read book. It's so good. Um, it's kind of the, just the perfect Black Panther primer. I think I completely agree. I feel like talk about emotional, like I was saying earlier with Black Bolt. I mean, it, 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 I love this book so much because um, as with a, a lot of like Royal characters, there is, um, there is that kind of, uh, that untouchable quality to T'Challa because he he's uh, he's so steadfast. He's so uh, uh, just utterly just just calm about everything. But this this gives so much personality and humanity and uh, just like you said, Ryan, just a gorgeous backstory in there. Um, yeah, I can't I can't wait for the this limited series to keep going. But first up uh, for me. Uh, before I can read Rise of the Black Panther number two, uh, I <laughs> <laughs> this is such weird segues. Do it, go, go, go. <laughs> I have uh, Hawkeye number fourteen. It's written by Kelly Thompson, uh, art by Leonardo Romero, colors by the prolific Jordi Belair. Uh, in this issue, uh, Clint has come back and is teaming up with Kate out in Los Angeles. Uh, But at the end of last issue, Kate uh, was uh, kind of snapped out of, uh, out of this dimension uh, by Eden Vale, who's a new villain. Uh, Clint uh, in response goes to Kate's crew and is trying to figure out the best way to find her. 
uh, then we get this really interesting flashback uh, uh, colored beautifully uh, uh, that details the early relationship of Kate and her mom. Uh, and uh, then we come back to the present where we're in Eden Vale's hideout and uh, uh, Kate is there talking with her mom again before her mom gets snapped out of reality um, uh, a, by Eden, uh, who tells Kate that uh, she can have her mom back if Kate gives her Clint Barton. Uh, Clint, try in an attempt to uh, uh, rescue Kate, uh, ends up running into Madame Mask, who obviously uh, has a history of uh, of kind of uh, taking on the appearance of, of, of Kate. We saw that in, uh, in a story arc last year. She ends up uh, with Clint coming into Eden Vale's hideout where Clint switches out the two Kates. He switches out the, the Madam Mask, Kate, for the real Kate in an attempt to save her, uh, hoping that when they wake up, they would just continue fighting each other. Uh, but... Uh, unlucky for Clint, uh, they turn out to be kind of good pals and decide to go after the two Hawkeyes together. Uh, it's, this issue is more of, uh, what we've come to expect from Hawkeye. It's so fun, just so much personality in every single panel. Uh, and as always, it's great to see these two Hawkeyes, uh, interacting, uh, in, on every page. Heck yeah. So that was a book written by Kelly Thompson. I've got another book written by Kelly Thompson as my pick. Now, one thing that just occurred to me that could be fun, Evil Producer Brandon, maybe think about this. We should keep a tally of all the creators who make our Twims of the Week, the Picks of the Week, every week, uh, like the, the creators, the characters, and by the end of the year, look and see who's got, you know, who we'll do our little Twimmies, who got the most picks. Because the Twimmies! Right, the Twimmies, right off the bat, Kelly Thompson, she's got two books. Yeah, she's bang, winning. Bang, bang, boom. Winning 2018 she, already. Right? It's, <laughs> uh, and in style because her book is Rogue and Gambit, number one. That's right. I picked a book with that horrible <laughs> dirtbag Gambit as one of my picks. Impossible. And so, I, I want to, most of our listeners know I do not like Gambit. And it's not that I don't like that. It's a, it's an, I want to explain it. The character, I understand fully why people like the character, why he's so popular, the value of the character immensely. I do not dislike that Gambit is, I think Gambit is very important. It's a great creation, but it's like, I, I find who he is deplorable in a a way. (laughs) He's creepy. He's gross. I find him. Just there's something unsettling about Gambit that I do not like. So I do not like him as a person, as a character. <laughs> I understand. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, I get it. Okay, I totally understand. I it, on I saw on on Twitter. I kind of uh, I helped instigate a, a little bit of a throwdown between you and Kelly uh, about the how you know your opinions of uh, uh, Gambit clash with Kelly's. Uh, opinions with Gambit, yeah. and that was fun to watch. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I, a lot of people find him sexy or find him cool or whatever, and I get it. That's fine. I think what some people find sexy, I find creepy and gross, and I think he's <laughs> he's he's a he's he's no good for my Rogue because I love Rogue. Rogue is such a great character. She similar to Kitty, maybe not as much, but she's one of the hearts of the X Men to me. She is such a like a pure beacon of what the X-Men can and should be like this hope and, and, and salvation for mutants, uh, uh, someone who can overcome the problems that they've dealt with uh, and live to try to, you know, regardless of the hate and fear that they find uh, directed at them, they are heroes. They do the best that they can. They are leaders. She, Rogue is one of my favorite X-Men hands down. So the ro- the gambit thing has always been ugh, to me, but <laughs> this book uh is so good because the chemistry between them is so fantastic. Kelly um Kelly Thompson writes the hell out of this. Uh but 
Luckily, she has got great collaborators. Perry Perez is the artist. Uh, Frank D'Armato is the colorist. And together, they put together such a good issue. Um, Perry is really, really great at uh, facial expressions. We've got a great Chris Anka cover, and there's great facial expressions there. And similarly, throughout the issue, we see those. Um, He's got some really great layouts in here. I'm looking at a page where there's a danger room training exercise going on, uh, which... Also, Kelly, picking these characters to have this training room exercise, you've got Pixie, Psylocke, Armor, and Rogue. So fun. I, we don't get to see enough Pixie lately. Uh, Armor's been in a bunch of things of late, which is really cool. But having them all together is great. And there's really fun uh, interaction between those characters reacting to Rogue and Gambit. I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's really funny. They're just like gossipy and, and laughing. And, and it's terrific but the layout of this page is so good the first half is, the top half is the battle scene and then you've got this these four panels cut of rogue and gambit and the way he frames it you've got gambit and you see his eyes in one panel you see rogue in another and then you see gambit's mouth in another and it's he looks sinister and weird and i perry is really really good this is a great place for him to shine um, Sinister, weird, or translated to other uh, fans of Gambit, uh, sexy and cool. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's such a it's a strange <laughs> thing. Uh, but the uh, you know what I I liken this book to a uh, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell, like action mm. romantic comedy from the eighties. It's they've got incredible chemistry. It's very funny. They are at each other's throats and like liable to go to the bone zone or beat the hell out of each other at any second. It's fantastic. That's the vibe that comes off in this issue. Uh, It's just terrific. They get roped into a mission by Kitty. Uh, Kitty's like, we have this mission. We see some, uh, some mutants are going, are being, uh, are disappearing, but there's this retreat that we think is at the heart of it. We need someone to go. Actually, we kind of need a couple to go. Uh, it's, it's a whole therapy thing. And it's just, it's such a funny way to put them together. And everything spins out of that. It's it's so great. You've got them reacting to other couples there, reacting to each other. There's the will they, won't they. And the final page is yelling and them in a precarious situation. It is, it's going to be one of my favorite series this year. And I can't believe it because Gambit is in the friggin' title. It's so good. <laughs> Such a great issue. <laughs> And my wife is laughing at me because she knows how much I hate Gambit. Uh, she, <laughs> she's sitting next to me doing work. But yeah, it's uh, highly recommend. One of my favorite books of, of recent memory. All right. So that covers our picks uh, for this week. We're going to go into quick hits. I'll start us off with Captain America, number 697, written or, or story by Mark Wade and Chris Somne, uh, with uh, writing and the art by the, them, uh, colors by the always amazing Matt Wilson. This does have a Where's Wolverine page, which is drawn by Lenil Francis Hugh, Jerry Allen Guilin, and Matt Wilson. Uh, it's it's terrific. Uh, uh, of all the recent issues we you know we've had it opens up with Captain America getting flirty with a cute girl in a bar and of course that goes wrong you've got a scene with Cap suplexing a leopard which is a brutal <laughs> scene uh it's like uh uh Craven is in it he was hired by Rampart to get Cap so the Rampart these this villainous group uh has been showing up throughout this run i, I like what they are doing um we get a really cool moment uh, uh, near the end, actually, it's more sad. There's this moment where Cap is his goose is cooked, as they say, and he has this line of dialogue, and it's it really like it got me, it stabbed me right there. It's uh, it's cool. And then the Where's Wolverine page connects directly to the events of this issue. Uh, so we talked about those a little bit last week, but stay tuned for more of those Where's Wolverine pages. Next up in quick hits is Iceman number nine. Uh, written by Cinna Grace, pencils by Robert Gill, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, we start the issue as Bobby is talking to his new boyfriend. Uh, uh, kind of. <laughs> Why did you uh, say it like that? Yeah, because like, it was a question. Hey, look, I don't, I don't want to label it. I wasn't sure if things are official yet. I mean, he's um, yeah, but- he's moving out to the West Coast for him. I would think things would be official. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, look, look, dude, look, I may or may not have moved coasts for a relationship that is not 100% official yet. So who, who knows? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Judah is nervous about meeting the, uh, um, the mutants uh, as he goes into the Xavier Institute with Bobby. There are a couple of other mutants who are at uh, who are shopping for a soiree uh, that happens uh, at Party O'Clock, which is such a funny little <laughs> joke uh, that Cinna writes in there. Uh, it's a couple of strange things are happening. Kitty re- realizes that something is about to go wrong. She lies to get all of the uh, the non mutants, the non X Men, out of the building, uh, and uh, then all hell breaks loose. And who shows up? But Dokken. Uh Dokken is here. He is menacing both Bobby. He's menacing Judah. Uh, then he powers up in this crazy way. So does Bobby. They throw down. They crash through the walls. They crash through the entire X-Mansion. Uh, and things finish on a really interesting kind of strange note uh, as uh, the all of the X-Men are kind of uh, are throwing down with uh, uh, some dinos and, uh, yeah, it's uh, a pretty nuts issue. Things are just kicking off, uh, here, uh, and they will continue in the apocalypse seed part two. Uh, one thing about this issue, Cena has said that it is now canon. Forge can use his robo leg to make drinks. So <laughs> that is great X-Men continuity. And I am excited for that to be explored upon more in the future. Uh, all right. Next book is Iron Fist number 76, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Perkins, colors by Andy Troy. Uh, we've got Iron Fist and Sabretooth chasing uh, Choshin and um, the Luti uh, contingent who are trying to take over uh, Kunlun. And it's just lots of action, big stuff fighting on here. Uh, it's one of the things you notice about Choshin, uh, which, yeah, he was a jerk, but now we find out he's a big old sexist jerk, which makes me hate him even more. Uh, Sparrow, who is the UT, or the warrior leader of Kunlun, she was introduced in the Immortal Iron Fist by Fraction, Brubaker, and Aha many years ago, and we saw her in Immortal Iron Fist um, within the last couple of years, uh, and we see her now as the leader of Kunlun. She's awesome. She's badass. There's a really great moment in here where she's fighting Choshin and Danny comes in and he's like, Hey, let me get it on this fight. And she's like, no, you go over there and you do something else. I got this. She does not need to be saved. She does not get saved by Danny. She throws down with Choshin. It's really, really good. Awesome fighting here. Sabretooth is a great partner for Iron Fist. He calls uh, the Rat of Twelve Plagues Disease Mouse, which is my favorite nickname <laughs> for that character. Uh, it's really, really good. Just great action, great dialogue. I love what Ed's been doing with Iron Fist. And, uh, of course, Mike Perkins is a friend and a master. Uh, next up is... Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey, number two, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg, color uh, art by Carlos Pacheco with Rafael Fontedes uh, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, this is so creepy. This is a, it, it's a horror book. I love that about this. It's super creepy. It's weird. Um, uh, it's got like a bunch of dead mutant or characters who we thought were dead or are dead. What is going on? You've got Jean Grey, uh, who is this you know small town diner waitress, and we've seen flashes of different characters showing up in previous um, in the previous issue and in this issue. We see some other major ones show up here. So the the questions are really you know being like, what is going on? Uh, I like that Matt gets to write uh, Beast using his catchphrase, but throwing in a swear word with it, which really amps <laughs> up Beast. Uh, it's a really funny moment. Shatterstar has a really neat mustache, and Strong Guy has a good old man beard. So I like what uh, Carlos Pacheco did there. Love a good bit of uh, facial facial hair. It's just, it's a really good horror book. The X-Men uh, are trying to figure out what the hell is going on because Phoenix is a coming and bad things are on the horizon. Ooh. Uh, next up, Spider-Man number 236, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art, art by Oscar Balzadua, colors by Brian Reber. Uh, we start off with some making out. Gonky, good job, buddy. 
uh, who he has a, an interesting conversation uh, with uh, a girl he's with. Then uh, we see Miles and the bomb shells on top of a building, uh, and the new Iron Spider shows up, and everyone goes to war. There's flying off of buildings. It's crazy. There's a break-in or an, uh, kind of an attempted break-in at, uh, at a shield facility. Uh, obviously, we know the identity of the Iron Spider is Miles's uncle Aaron. Uh, and uh, as the issue comes to a close, Miles learns the same thing. And as you can expect, he is devastated by the news. Uncertain future for Miles Morales. And next up is Star Wars number 41, uh, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador LaRocca, colors by Guru EFX. Uh, and we are again on uh, the planet Jeddah in the ashes of uh, the events of the film, Rogue One. Uh, Luke is off speaking with these kind of force uh, devotees, this kind of religious group of non-Jedis, but who are dedicated to the force. We get to see Han Solo uh, fly a snow speeder, uh, which is really awesome. Uh, Chewie is up in space uh, trying to uh, get away from the planet. Uh, Luke has a, a really a tough moment where... Uh, one of his kind of mentors in, in this new, in his, in his kind of new life, learning about the force, uh, uh, kind of has this, this gets kind of possessed in this strange way. Uh, it's a big learning moment for him. Uh, and, uh, we continue the march towards, uh, the empire strikes back, uh, as we've discussed before, uh, the, the first, uh, few issues before the first issues of, uh, of star Wars before Kieran took over, uh, really felt like they were after, uh, a new hope. And since Kieran has started on the book, it really feels like, uh, before empire strike, ba the empire strikes back. If that makes sense, it's, it's, it's a tonal shift. Uh, things are really starting to, to ramp up in a lot of ways. Uh, really fun read. Totally. Um, I do want to make sure another shout out to Salva because he's just a master. He draws this huge monstrous war machine, like this thing in, in the issue. And like he did with, in the previous issue, he drew this giant star destroyer type thing, but I, I don't know how he does it. It's wild and major credit to guru effects as well, because the coloring adds so much to this book. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is X-Men gold number 19. Written by Mark Guggenheim, pencils by Diego Bernard, inks by J.P. Meyer, and colors by Chris Sotomayor. And um, one of the, the things that we've been really seeing is uh, this character, Kologoth, this uh, negative zone sort of evil leader. But he, he's got a really good Marvel villain vibe. He's got that like Magneto... Dr. Doomy type vibe where he does terrible things and he's he's a, obviously a villain, but there are parts where you fully feel for him and what he's gone through and understand uh, the, the character's motivations. And then probably if something had been just a bit different, he'd be on a different path and a much like uh, doing all all the powerful things, but for good. Uh, I love Kalagoth. I think it was a really great character. Um, he's he's like resurrected this ancient negative zone god, and it's the X-Men versus a god in the negative zone, and Kitty comes up with this wild, crazy plan, and it's big and fun, and it's great X-Men comics that, if you, you know, like, I think this is classic X-Men comics, the way that so many fans want them. Uh, if you're not reading X-Men Gold, you are missing out. Uh, but you're also missing out if you're not reading X-Men Grand Design. This is number two of the first uh, pair of issues. There will be, I believe, six in total. Uh, but there's two for now. And this is uh, 
written, drawn, everything by uh, Ed Piscor, uh, who is a, the great cartoonist on it. It really kicks off at the beginning of the X-Men comics with like X-Men number one stuff, goes through the end of the original run um, that sort of the X-Men went for about 60-odd issues. Then they went into reprints for a while and sort of laid dormant until uh, for quite some time. Uh, so this hits it before the resurrection again for, with giant size X-Men uh, in the seventies. So this gives you, you know, tons and tons of stuff. It, what's really cool about this is Ed drops in the Phoenix force into earlier stories as a way of connecting a lot of these different characters and villains in ways that I don't really ever remember them connecting. You know, you've got mutant master living Pharaoh living slash living monolith, uh, the stranger, lots of alien stuff but he ties in the phoenix to them and into the greater x-men mythos in a way that makes perfect sense he's doing all this stuff bringing all these characters together to tell the history of the x-men and it's really friggin' great and uh, um it's on this really awesome paper stock it's like this one is heavier paper so it's it's got a really great feel to it when you're reading it but it's also like a shade of, I don't know, yellowy brown, which adds a, a really cool like old look to it. But when they use the white colors on it for Iceman or for some energy blast, it pops so much. It's so cool. Uh, the look of this book is just, it's fantastic. It's really, really great. This is, again, is, this is a must read if you're an X-Men fan. I absolutely Love it. Uh, so those are the single issues out this week. No uh, special digital comics, but we do have some collections on sale, including Black Panther Adventures Digest, Black Panther by Reginald Hudlin, the complete collection, volume one, question mark? Uh, color, your, uh, color Your Own Black Panther coloring book, uh, which is awesome. A Deadpool and Company omnibus, Deadpool World's Greatest, volume three, Inhumans Before beware the inhumans marvel cinematic universe guidebook it's all connected in hardcover spider gwen volume two hardcover and spider-man deadpool volume four serious business also on sale on the marvel app this week is avengers west coast number 25 through 30 captain marvel number one to 25 marvel adventures superheroes number three and number five to 24 and wolverine number 124 Digital collections on sale this week are the books that I most of the books that I've already mentioned uh, for print collections, as well as Avengers, uh, Avengers West Coast Zodiac Attack, Golden Age Marvel Comics Masterworks Volume Two, Hulk Heart of the Atom, Nick Fury Agent of Shield Masterworks Volume One, and Wolverine and Captain America. Freshly digitized comics on the Marvel Unlimited app. All new Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number Zero, Amazing Spider-Man Number Twenty Nine, Ben Riley Scarlet Spider Number Four, Black Panther Number Fifteen, Cable Number Two, Daredevil Number One Twenty to One Thirty from the Sixty Four Run, Deadpool vs. the Punisher Number Five, Defenders Number Two, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme Number Nine, Edge of Venom Verse Number One, Elektra Number Five, I Am Groot Number Two, Infamous Iron Man Number Nine. Jean Grey, number three, The Mighty Captain Marvel, number six, Moon Girl, number 20, Occupy Avengers, number eight, Poe Dameron, number 16, The Punisher, number 13, Secret Empire, number five, Spider-Gwen, number 21, Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number eight, Star Wars, Droids Unplugged, number one, The Totally Awesome Hulk, number 20, and X-Men Blue, number six. Gosh, that's so many comics for your... Uh, Marvel Unlimited Dollar. What a great deal. You should subscribe right now at marvel.com slash comics slash unlimited or marvel.com slash unlimited. It's great. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Now it's time for news. First up, we've got uh, Clark Gregg's directorial debut for uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happens this week. Uh, by the time you're listening to this uh, on It'll either have already happened or it'll be tonight. It's going to be uh, really, really exciting. I got to interview Clark about the episode, about all things. We had a really fun interview. That should be going up soon. If it hasn't already gone up yet, evil producer Brandon will uh, can, can tell me. But otherwise, uh, I'm excited. We had a great chat. Uh, Clark's great. He told some fun stories. Uh, yes, uh, Brandon says... Uh, 
the episode with Clark Gregg will be up today. So if you haven't listened to it, go into your podcast feed and get it. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Runaways face off with their parents finally in the, the first season finale. But Jonah arrives unexpectedly with a new game plan. The kids realize they are in over their heads. We watched the last two episodes the other night. Man, that show is good. There was smooching and fun stuff and action and so much uh, old lace, um, like more and more. And I adore having a dinosaur in a Marvel television. <laughs> Need uh, more old lace. Always. Need more old lace. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, there is a new release of the Hasbro Mighty Mugs, which are these really awesome and kind of hilarious in the best way uh, collectible figures. Wave 2 is coming out, which is going to include Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Rocket Raccoon. Uh, if you haven't heard of Mighty Mugs, they're, they, like if you press on the top of their head, they're like these little figures. You press on the top of their head, the, the face spins around and gives you various facial expressions. They're so cool. They're so adorable. Uh, they'll be available in, uh, in February, but uh, Wave 2 is available for pre-order now. Yeah. Uh, in Marvel Contest of Champions, Sentry is launching as a playable character this week, so uh, that's going to be awesome. He is uh, totally badass and weird and creepy. Uh, and if you've been reading uh, the Doctor Strange series, which we hope you have, because each issue that uh, our friend Donnie Cates has done so far has been one of our Twins of the Week. Um, Sentry is now in that book, and Sentry is a playable character in Marvel Contest of Champions. Uh, just announced, as we were starting to record, Kendrick Lamar and Billboard Magazine's Executive of the, Executive of the Year, Anthony Top Dog, Tiffith, will curate and produce Black Panther, the album, with music from and inspired by Marvel Studios' Black Panther. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar and SZA teamed up for the lead single, which is called All the Stars. That's going to be on the soundtrack. You can pre-order that on iTunes. Um, in more Black Panther news, there was a featurette release that has Kevin Feige, Chadwick Boseman, Stan Lee, and Ryan Coogler talking about the Black Panther coming from the comics pages to the screen. Um, I think someone in the office said they saw it actually playing on the movie theater screen before one of the movies that they saw, which is really neat to see, you know, our comics pages up there and Stan Lee talking about them. Uh, The featurette's really cool. You can check that out online. All right. And this Sunday, January 7th on Disney XD, we have parts one and two of the Eye of Agamotto and new Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars episodes. Uh, It's got Cap and Black Panther going to the, Baron Mordu's mysterious island and getting attacked by a vengeful Agamotto as he attempts to get back the eye of Agamotto. Ooh, uh, n- other news. Uh, there is a new app called Marvel Create Your Own. Marvel's teamed up with TapTap Tap Comics uh, for this, cre- this comics creation platform. It's really cool. You can uh, add characters, add backgrounds, pick your panels. Uh, essentially design your own comics digitally, uh, write your own captions, everything like that. Uh, really exciting new uh, way to to experiment with comics, uh, whether it's brand new to you, whether you've been doing it for uh, a while on your own. Uh, it's a really fun new app. That's Marvel Create Your Own. I apologize if you can hear some rustling in the background. One of my cats is saying she wants lunch and she's scratching at one of her toys which makes a lot of noise so i apologize (laughs) for that one guys uh but last bit of news we have is there's a new exiles comic coming from uh saladin ahmed javier rodriguez alvaro lopez and jordi belair it starts in april it's an ongoing series uh it's basically the uh the guy who was once nick fury now known simply as the unseen and he watches earth from the moon we saw that uh all come together in original sin uh but he sees that there's a strange force that is threatening all of existence. He recruits Blink, Khan, who is a sort of like battle-hardened Kamala Khan, uh, Iron Lad, Wolvie, and an as-yet-unseen hero to save the past, the present, and the future. I am so friggin' excited about this. Uh, I got the Tucker and I... And uh, Ron Richards, we got like a bit of news earlier this week about this, that it was going to be announced. And I just, I got so excited because the Exiles book that uh, Judd Winnick did with Mike McCone uh, back in the early 2000s was one of the books that actually got me, like re-got me back into comics at a time when I wasn't reading as much. It's, this book is kind of be like a what if 
style. He gets to play with what if stuff and and alternate universes and characters, and it's it's so fun. The Exiles book, uh, the original Exiles book, is all on unlimited. Is something I highly recommend. We're gonna have to do that as a reading club at some point, maybe with Saladin. Um, it, I'm very excited, especially because you've got Javier Alvaro and Jordi on on the art. I can't speak enough about this and I've only seen a bunch of pages of art. So uh, when we have more, we'll be talking about it. And I assume this will be uh, a, tw- a future term of the week in uh, the coming months. Again, it starts in April. All those news stories should be uh, on marvel.com news. You can get information about all that stuff. Now it is time for questions and comments. Pew, pew, pew. see we need that drop um all right questions and comments again reminder you can use the hashtag this week in marvel or email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com uh first up we got a couple from at commander socket says uh he i love that kitty is the de facto leader of the x-men now call everyone together assign them to leave assign them to teams kitty is the best i wouldn't even say she's the de facto leader she is the leader joshua um, and there's a fun one in here. It says, can we permanently call Laura Wolverine and keep the young man Logan name? Hashtag Phoenix Resurrection. <laughs> I, she done earn that Wolverine name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Joshua says, hearing that the ever-loving blue-eyed thing is becoming one of Tucker Marcus's new favorite characters is my favorite thing about This Week in Marvel. The world always needs more Thing fans. Oh, yes. I, I like a guy who just talks kind of like this and is just a dude from the Lower East Side. He's my favorite. <laughs> is I, 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 can you never do a thing impression, please? <laughs> uh, the Rock, move over because this is my favorite rock. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Tucker, why don't you read some from Simon Williams? Yeah, sure. Simon Sebs says, reading Moon Girl number 26, after all these years, it's hard to see Ben Grimm get treated the way he did. With all the good he's done, some people still see him as a monster. Yes, you see what I mean? Simon is right there with me all the way. I love you, Ben. Uh, he also says, Twim of the Week for 12, for December 27th is Black Panther number 168. Uh, he says I, that he doesn't know that much about Thunderball, but he's glad to see how he's being used in this comic. Uh, and then he continues and speaking about Jessica Jones, number 15, he says, after reading the first few pages, I felt like I needed a shower. Kilgrave is deeply disturbing on many levels. Sadly, there are men like this in real life. Luckily, none of them have mind control powers. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is the power and devastating might of, of the Jessica Jones series. Um, it's just both really difficult to read at times and really fun to read. Um, but yeah, Simon, I completely agree. Yes. Uh, Alex, why don't you read some from Captain Rogers 44? No problem. Captain Rogers 44 says, Loving Captain Marvel 127. This series is so good. Love how Carol can't take Quill seriously as a nemesis. And also, like in the Dark Universe suit, really sweet. And he puts that to M. Stoll and the creative team on that. Um, yeah, that's, I know it's hilarious that she can't take Quill seriously also. And the Dark Universe, I mean, don't like evil people always just have kind of cooler suits than heroes <laughs> to be honest <laughs> better tailors it's true <laughs> yeah exactly like can't help it um it goes on to say finally started runaways really great series though one small complaint needs more old lace just as we were saying before <laughs> but otherwise <laughs> seriously enjoyable and exciting needs more dino yes definitely agreed yeah i i and i i 100 agree but i think they do as much the best that they can considering like to do the dinosaur stuff it's so expensive because you've got like if you watch the show there's a physical animatronic old lace a real Mm. dinosaur that they get to interact with which is the coolest friggin' thing in the world plus they have an awesome cgi old lace when they need it that's expensive i i'm just delighted that we get as much old lace as we do that makes me very happy uh hopefully if we get a season two we'll get tons more old lace I will take us home with two more. We've got Raph A.B. saying the main, the main song of the movie, Mad Titanic, was sung by Celine Dion. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. This, <laughs> this makes my insides hurt. It's so – Raph, I want to remove all your twin points you've ever gotten, ever. Uh, all right. So this – if you're – there was this whole thing on Twitter – 
Yep. About Thanos, because in recent issue of Thanos, uh, Don K- Donny Cates wrote that there was a name that Thanos's mother was thinking of naming him was not his actual name. His name is Thanos, but there was another possible name that he could have been named, and that was Dion. And then this is just <laughs> Mad Titanic, Celine Dion, it's puns, and it's just a nightmare. Congratulations, Raph. Raph, <laughs> I'm with you all the way. Uh, of course you are. <laughs> and finally, the tech lord, Lex Pendragon, says, I am listening to Ben Morse's farewell episode of This Week in Marvel, and I think that instead of researching, Agent M should tweet his questions and let us twin fans help him out. It'd be like a trivia challenge. I That's not a terrible answer. I One of the things we've talked about is I do want to try to figure out giveaways more for uh, this year and find a way to get more stuff comics or toys because we get a whole bunch of fun stuff in the office i want to share it with listeners so we should figure out evil producer brandon and i let's put our heads together in the coming weeks and figure out how we can do some giveaways while also maybe throwing some trivia some questions at the fans make it happen i love this idea tech lord um very very good that about wraps it up for this week uh make sure to listen to my clark greg episode and watch the new episode of agents of shield uh, we'll be back with more. It's been a fun one. Uh, Alex and Tucker and Brandon, thanks for starting this journey of 2018. Yeah, thank you, boss. Stay warm, yeah. will you? I'm going to try. Yeah, everyone stay <laughs> safe out there in the cyclone. <laughs> Hashtag bomb the cyclone. bomb cyclone. <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe. Bow, bow, bow. This week in Marvel.